Welcome to another Techman Talks Dynamics. Uh, we're taking another CRM-focused episode today, and I'm joined with a uh, regular uh, contributor to the podcast now, Jason Tromans, who heads up our CRM and Power Platform business, and also John Evans, who's a Dynamics 365 and Power Platform consultant, again, working in the, the CRM team. So the thing we're going to try and cover today is really uh, a little bit around some of those things to look at when you're selecting a CRM partner and maybe some things you haven't thought about with the way Power Platform is coming into this market. You know, is there any specific things that you need to take into consideration when you, you're starting to work with someone uh, around that? I think from our point of view, uh, Techman, um, we obviously have a foot in both camps. We have a, a big established ERP um, business central practice that's been going for 20 odd years. And CRM, I also say, is quite mature now. We've been going probably for over a decade, but I know really given it a reboot in the last few years but we do both both products and I think the first question I was going to throw out why why does that why does that matter if, if we were talking to you Jace why is it important you work with a partner that does both if your project has both D365 products involved ERP and CRM I think from a point of view of the the solution the customers after a solution they're after an integrated system um, and that often includes not just Business Central, it includes CRM, it includes aspects of the power platform, it includes add-ons, etc. And the idea is that a partner really wants to go, or a customer even, wants to go to a partner and say, can you help me? Can you fix my problem? Can you be the long-term supplier partner for my solution? And I think in our industry, um, we've both seen it over the years where we've seen that Microsoft tried to, probably eight, 10 years ago, try to encourage partners that were only NAV, Navision, now Business Central focused, to take up CRM. Mm-hmm. And they also um, looked at the CRM partners and say, why don't you take up NAV, Navision, Business Central? Um, and it didn't quite really take off from my kind of looking at what happened. Um, and then kind of four, four or five years ago, you probably seen more of a, well, why don't you partner instead with other organizations that do the other bits that you don't do? So um, I have business central practice. Will you be my arm for the CRM practice? Now, how do they pitch that? Well, they might still be business A and it's kind of the, the other CRM business comes in and just subcontracts themselves. Yeah. Or... Are they completely transparent and say, we've got two businesses and here you'll get your CRM from this one and your BC from this one. For us, we've always played on the, we can do both. Um, We know how the integration works to both as such. It's good points and it's pitfalls. Um, So I think from from our point of view, um, when people are after an integrated business system, the reality is surely the best approach is to choose a single partner that can do both and then it's one of those where it's probably worth mentioning is that CRM these days encompasses a lot of apps Microsoft calls it customer engagement as such as the whole suite um, but you've got things like sales customer service marketing that we've discussed on other podcasts and then we've got things like field service HR fraud protection the list kind of goes on in the past kind of couple of years where Microsoft bought these apps out. Again, what partners do all those apps? 
I think it's fair to say we don't do them all. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had customers that have used field service, but by default, the majority of our customers are um, sales, marketing, customer service. Uh, but then the other ones, you can't be an expert in everything as well. So it's trying to pitch that level to be honest to the customer <clears throat> and give a solution and at the same time show that we can fix a problem as well. Yeah, I think I think that was one thing that popped into my head when you were talking about that. It's great to have a partner that, that claims to do everything, but surely the other side of that argument is, it, would it be better to work with an expert in Business Central and an expert in, in customer engagement rather yeah. than someone who's trying to be a jack of all trades? So they're, 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 just because you've got the badge upon the door, people should be doing their, their checks to make sure that partner is credible in both, both products. Agreed. I, I think, Obviously, from from Techman's point of view, um, we've definitely got, and we've always had the approach that it's two very different dedicated teams. They might overlap as they work with each other on projects and get to understand both sides of the fence, but ultimately, CRM and Power Platform is CRM and Power Platform, and that's the skill set that they're mastering, and Business Central is a separate skill set that they're mastering. But then you can go within that, go in, you've got CRM Power Platform consultants that then have, just like Business Central, they become experts or got good knowledge in certain areas of certain apps or certain areas of the system as well. Because again, the system is that vast and you can't be a master of absolutely absolutely everything. But yeah, that badge itself, obviously that badge is changing um, in in, in of how how partners are labeled. Um, So what does a, a cloud business applications partner mean and all that kind of stuff. I think the reality is is that when customers or prospects are asking a partner, how well do you know um, CRM or Power Platform or a business application, I think a good question to ask is how many of you have, of your team have passed the certification? Um, if you ask, do you get the badge? That's not always the right question in my mind because that badge affects us probably more than it affects the customer in terms of things like revenue, customer ads, that kind of stuff. Whereas the knowledge around the certifications is that they're every year, you have to renew. Therefore, those renewal exams are based on the latest functionality. So you're driving the team to try and make sure they're keeping up to date with what's coming new. And everyone in the CRM Power Platform team do those exams year year on year at Techman. Okay, so having been devil's advocate and said, is it worthwhile sticking with a partner that specializes in each individual product? I guess the, one of the big, big plus points, and you've touched on it in your first answer is, obviously it's that single throat to choke. If there's a problem with your system and you know, people people will buy a solution. And yes, yeah. it's got customer engagement here and it's got business central there. Yeah. But when they meet, if there's a problem, you know who's picking up support if you've got multiple partners? One partner's going to obviously look at it, but you know how long does it take before they can ascertain that actually it was this partner's fault, who's paying the support for that, who's picking up the responsibilities, what the customer wants. I, I think from a point of view, um, single throat to choke, um, I haven't heard that one in a while. Um, but you're right, um, like I say, we as individuals, we as consultants can't be a master of everything, but opposed to waiting on a third party in a different building that works different areas and different priorities to have it in the same building, I think, John, you see more often than not with that you're involved in CRM projects that have already gone live and they've already got integration to NAV or Business Central as well as customers that have got 
a project ongoing where you've got integration on the cards, etc. How beneficial do you find it where you've got integration and you're trying to understand how Business Central's working with the business and then trying to map match that and understand what the right things to do are in CRM and, and vice versa and having that ability to walk around a building or pick up a team's call and you know that it's somebody at Techman that's going to help you what how does how, how do you think that helps you as a consultant over and above trying to speak to a different company that does business central I mean obviously it makes it a lot more efficient um, I mean I'm currently dealing with an issue right now where the company we we have to liaise with they're in California so it's one of those that if I send a message, I know I'm not getting a response that day. You have to hope you get it the next day or not. It'll be the, the day after that. Yeah. So it just has that extra delay. So what would normally take a conversation just with somebody downstairs, and you yeah. resolve it, could be spread over a number of days. Yeah. The, the, the point that you make about the, th- the single throat to choke is a very, very important one. And again, it's with the same customer. We have another person who's responsible for some of the elements, admittedly not BC or, or CRM. It's more, um, it's more a third party piece of software. But the amount of times when we look at it and we say, no, it's definitely not us who's responsible for that, and we then pass it over, only to find two days later, we get a similar message to say, no, it's not us, we're sending it you back. Um, and by which time almost a week has gone by, the customer still hasn't had anything resolved. Whereas if it, isn't, if it is all under one roof, as it is with Techman, um, you can just go downstairs and talk to it. And we know that whether it's one team or another, we have to fix it. Well, I think our SLAs would kick in, wouldn't they? So from a customer's point of view, if they have an SLA for a four-hour response, then we've got to deal with that. If yeah. it goes between different companies, someone's going to put their hands up and we'd like to think it all resolves itself. And, and sometimes it works, but... I, I think the whole point of integration is an interesting one being a CRM partner. Um, same concept being ERP, but we don't just integrate to Business Central. We've got customers um, that have got CRM, yes. but they they don't, I'm not sure why, but they don't use Business Central or, or NAV. Um, and it's a case of, from an integration point of view, when it comes to a CRM partner, I, I guess uh, I know our approach, but in terms of what would you expect a CRM partner to do when it comes to integration? Would you expect the other tool that we've got to integrate with to come to the party first? Would you expect them to go and find how to integrate with CRM? Or would you expect the partner, the CRM partner, i.e. Techman, to try and go to the table and say, well, these are our options and this is how we can go about it. And for you, what would you expect a CRM partner to do if you were a customer? The, the ideal sort of situation you have is that, that you're provided with the details that you need. So if you've got a particular record that you have to then send across to somebody else, you're going to want to know, A, when does that record need to go across? Is it something that's going to be done regular on a regular basis? Is it going to be on the change of something? You also need to know what format it's going to be in. It's, you know, there could be lots of options where, you know, it could be text, it could be an an integer, it could be a value slash label. Um, You also need to know about lookups and any kind of of link to a different record. Do we need to extract that record and send it through? So it's really just kind of knowing, I I suppose you'd say it's what the handshake is. What what is that other system holding out for you to pass to it? And can you pass that information um, to to, to be able to push it forward? When a customer doesn't know that, so they say, I need to put these two together to share data, would you expect a CRM partner to be able to help guide and start the process off to say, 
in previous experience this is what we've done um, and then start to give examples and and what have we done before I guess in terms of yourself and others in the team that have started integration projects as much as you tr as much as you'd like to make things understandable for customers you tend to find that very quickly it gets very very technical um, it's not something that's that you can describe at a very high level very quickly you need to look at data types and, and all these sorts of all these sorts of things now in terms of the work I've done in the past there can be lots of different uh, different types of integrating the data yep. so in the past you know one of the biggest data projects I did years ago was actually a CRM to CRM it was a migration somebody was moving from one online system to another. Um, but the data as part of it has been completely and utterly transformed. Yeah. What was in one format, it was not going to work with the with, with the with the new system. Um, so you tend to find that, as I say, it gets technical very quickly. You need to know and have a full understanding of the data that you're sending and also the format that it needs to arrive yeah. when it gets the other system. And and as I say, as much as you could pass that information on to a a customer to then pass on to their third party that really is, is only going to go so far. It needs to have those conversations because unless you're actually getting into the technicalities of it with someone who has a full understanding of what the integration is, what needs to be sent or received. Um, so would it be fair that we try and take the ownership where possible to speak to that source system? Who, who's responsible for it to try and take the complexity out for the customer? Yeah, it's, it's always an idea to sort, of, to sort of start the personal relationships. If it's in-house, it's really easy because yeah. we know there's people working with them every day. When it's external, yeah, it is really getting that relationship so that you know when something goes wrong, you don't want to be in that situation that you're waiting for a response. You, you actually have that relationship. You have a named contact that you can yeah, hopefully email or send a Teams message or at least jump on a video call, sorry, a, a video call just to just sort of explain the situation and have that understanding at both sides. So I think whilst our responsibility ultimately, I guess, is with the customer, um, and that's who pays our bills. From a partner point of view into integration, we need to also be showing willing to have relationships, good working relationships with other suppliers that that customer also uses. Then, opposed to being only deal with the customer, that's that's not my that's not my problem. Yeah, it, absolutely. They don't need to know the sort of level that that we're getting down to. It is it is those those two partners who need to communicate. Yeah. And I think from our point of view, it, it's, it's a case that it, it's speaking to the right people at the right time and trying to understand, understand that, I guess. Yeah. Okay, uh, I think just following on from that, and we talked about being a jack of all trades and being specialists, also understanding a, a, a customer's, one of our customers, what they're trying to achieve, what their business is. We have quite a vertical focus. And we're seeing that in the market, I think in, in the channel now with people that provide the same services. Most people are are focusing either, you know, on we're manufacturing and distribution, you've got people dealing with retail, you've got de people dealing with not-for-profits yeah. and so on and so forth. It's good to find the partner that, that I would say specializes in your field because he's going to save a lot of time. They understand you, what you do yeah. and have probably built these solutions multiple times before. Uh, absolutely. I, I think um, Microsoft try, have, have tried to advocate that for a very long time and I think sometimes uh, a customer or a prospect looking at dynamics they look at websites and it just talks about the usual blurb of its sales its customer service yeah. its marketing etc um, to, to demonstrate what um, partners like us have done is, is good case studies are good etc to, to look at I think from our point of view um, as a, as a CRM power platform team, yes, the heart is manufacturing distribution of what we do. Um, 
We've also got some arms that in the CRM team, we work with a lot of the Business Central customers and the new Business Central customers coming in where they want BC and CRM. But we also take um, CRM customers that are independent. Like we said, they've got other ERPs, etc. And that has lent us to use and work with a couple of other industries, services, i.e. if you have engineers or you are a bit of a services-orientated business, we've got a few of those customers. And we've got a few not-for-profits profits that we've worked on over, over the over the years. Um, but I was going to say, from our point of view, we, again, try not to be uh, a jack-of-all-trades. We try and make sure that we know what we can deliver. And whenever a customer comes to us, and says we've got this challenge, we've got this problem, and will CRM help? CRM may help, but can Techman help? And the answer is always going to be an honest one. Yeah, I think a lot of customers, I'll use a phrase that's probably not entirely true, but they don't really care what product you're using. That that isn't entirely true because they will look who's, who's the vendor, Microsoft, and yeah. and the whole benefit of being in that ecosystem. But from the business challenges, they want a solution, and element of that's going to sit in Business Central where Business Central can't deliver that or vice versa with CRM can't deliver it. The two work together very strongly, which is why we have both products in the, the D365 family. It is. And and things around building materials, construction, where you've got that project type concept and opportunities that relate to it. Again, we've got structures that work with that. We've got details that work with samples yeah. um, in terms of frameworks. We've got um, other functionality that we've built that is reusable. We've also built some other, uh, I, I'd probably say, reusable solutions. Um, integration to DocuSign for signing off contracts and that kind of concept as well, which again isn't specific to an industry, but it's useful for that industry as such like that. So, building materials, food, beverage, service, consumer goods, some aspects of B two C in in consumer goods as well. They've all can have those similar kind of requirements that again, we can use time and time again. And it's the case that we're not consistently always starting afresh. And I think from our point of view is one of the biggest problems about how sticky and how um, resilient a CRM can be in a business is that starting point of where a business says, I need a CRM. I either don't really have one right now or the CRM that we've got isn't good enough and go, well, what do you want? Well, I want it to do CRM. Well, how do you want it to do? Just what have you done for others? And then you're starting with this concept of the blank canvas. And if you're always starting with a blank canvas, every single project that um, that you do when it comes to CRM Power Platform, you're going to find it hard to make that sticky for the business because you're not really delving down into problems that have been solved for similar customers that we've already got. And also, that customer's not really giving you a good steer on what their problems are, so you're making a guess. And then the likelihood is, is that 12 months time, sorry, but they no longer use the CRM system and you've now lost a customer. And um, subscriptions as a partner from us point of view, it's, it's about long-term relationships for us, realistically. That's where we gain the most value out of our customers, if we're being honest, but also, customers should gain the most value out of us. Again, in the opposite way, for long-term relationships that we get to know them, we understand their processes, and we evolve their system with them. Um, that quick, oh, here's, here's an opportunity form, here's a 
it, it doesn't fit. Um, so I think from our point of view, we work in those industries, we try and repeat what we've done time and time again, and we've got starting bases that the team consistently either evolve or they come up with new challenges, and we're consistently now creating solutions that are reusable. Okay, so that's some good advice for you know looking for a generic partner, looking at what the, the, that partner's industry yep. specialization is, look what they've done before, look at their credibility, look at their teams, the way it's structured, all good, good advice. With Power Platform coming into the mix, uh, you know, it's the new kid on the block really with the Dynamics world um, and stretching past it. Is there anything that people should look at if they're looking to, or, or Power Platform's mentioned by a partner and they're not too sure, what should they be looking for from a partner or what, what changes on that? Um, to an extent, if you're a Dynamics 365 CRM apps partner, arguably in one way, you are a Power Platform partner. Um, because to go and configure CRM, you're going to make.powerapps.com, which essentially shows you the whole Power Platform toolkit as such. Um, so you're using things like um, potentially virtual agents, uh, Power Apps, portals, pages, all in the concept of with CRM. Um, but the core thing is, as a, a platform partner, it doesn't. It's not just CRM either. So, what does it mean? It's. I think as as a power platform partner, you have a a toolkit toolkit that is kind of a, a cloud based toolkit first and foremost, um, that is designed to plug the gaps or address functionality that. I would say your first party apps from Microsoft and what do I mean by first party? Business Central is the first party app. Microsoft have built it. They continue to build logic into it and every six months you get a main update. Yeah. Same principle of the CRM sales, customer service, marketing, etc. You get main updates. Now, you do get those updates with the Power Platform in terms of functionality, but what it is that Power Platform is allows you to build something that plugs a gap. So... The idea is that some people will still have something, you've got Business Central, you've got CRM, but you might still have something in a Excel spreadsheet or an Access database because it doesn't really fit in Business Central. CRM with XRM in terms of you can make it do anything, yes, potentially, but you've still got other stuff that's sitting out there that you don't really want to license with everybody else that's taking chunky licenses. So that Power Platform plugs gaps. The idea with a Power Platform partner is, I think from my perspective right now, it's finding the right use cases for it. We've got plenty, but also I think the partner channel is also at danger of going, great, this is new technology, but creating things that already exist. Okay. And what I mean by that is... Um, there are add-ons and add-ins for Business Central and CRM as such that some people, some organizations, some individuals are building out as power-ups instead. And then you get to the level where how a customer goes, do I go, if you're a power platform partner, if you're also BCCRM and you've got an option of something that's off the shelf in AppSource versus a power-up that you can build from scratch 
and the customer's going, well, you do both. Where, 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 where do I start? Um, and what, what should I choose? Again, things like there's, there's arguments going, one, could be a license thing and a cost thing, and is it more cost effective than a power up? Um, or is it the right thing to do it, choose an add-on? Again, things like expense apps, engineer apps and stuff like that. Again, there's arguments for both sides of the fence. From our perspective, we're building and looking at functionality in the power platform that again is repeatable to the industries that we work in. Um, but I think from a, a what is a power platform partner, I think in terms of the the toolkit itself, I think John, you can probably say what are the kind of tools that you're using on a daily basis um, or a regular basis across customers, even though you might be doing CRM projects in the background, what actually of the Power Platform are, are we actually using? The, the the vast majority of those is Power Automate. Okay. Um, this is something that has replaced workflows. You, you asked me five years ago, what was the key feature of CRM? Workflows were the best thing. They allowed you to do all these different, um, uh, these different tasks. I cannot remember the last time I used a workflow because Power Automate has taken what was great and just taken it to a far higher level. Um, the stuff that a few years ago I couldn't even dream of doing without getting a developer involved that now you can write in an hour or two using Power Automate. It's opened up such a, um, such a wider field in terms of its availability and, and its usability. Um, yeah, it's, it's absolutely key to, to what we do now. So in terms of, but is that just available to us? Obviously, we're CRM, we're power, we're power platform, and we're writing flows probably in the a lot of flows in in relation to CRM. But we've got a big business central team, a tech man, um, and a lot of customers. So where does power power automate come in? Yeah, I mean, absolutely, it connects to business central, it connects to uh, connects to Dynamics three six five. The the amount of connectors out there are, are massive. I mean, I remember when I first saw it a few years ago and tried tried having a play with it. I think I connected it to Twitter, um, and and had it to you know do a few things like that. But there are lots and lots of different connectors. I mean, I, th I think it's well into you know multiple hundreds of connectors that that it can connect to. So CRM hasn't actually got to be part of this equation. It could be sending it from um, something in Business Central, which could be connecting to Outlook or, or, or Teams, um, anything like that. And it's it's allowed that sort of connection. So yeah, obviously I'm a, a Power Platform consultant, so most of my work is going to involve something that started at CRM, but it's not necessarily confined to that. Um, it, it, it can be used for multiple different applications. And I think that's fair. I think we are seeing not a week goes by without a lead consultant or a consultant from Business Central or Techman going, can, the power platform can a power automate or power up or can we do this um and can your team help and whether it's helping integration take data from an external source and put it in bc take bc data and push it out to an external source even crm um to help write automation on workflows um for business central opposed to using what's native when they want a bit more flexibility so from our point of view we're we're a power platform partner that isn't just confined to we're a power platform partner as long as it's only a CRM project. And I think that's where a partner has to come into it and go, that platform can help plug gaps that three, four, five years ago, we'd have sat there as a partner talking to a customer and gone, we don't really have an answer for you. And that's what the power platform gives. We can give you an answer to more of your problems now than just core ERP and core CRM. And I'm assuming from what John said that that also means that we 
probably could have written a solution previously before we had Power Platform, but it would have been an awful lot of development with a high ticket price. Yeah. And, and this with Power Platform, we're getting more functionality, easier to do, you don't have to be particularly trained in one one language or something like that, so we can achieve more yeah. for less for the customer in terms of what's going to be built, so they're going to get more bang for their buck. And, and absolutely, the idea of this low-code, I'm not going to say no-code because there can be code in, in, in the platform, but low-code is the promotion around it is that when Microsoft do their wave one, wave two releases, et cetera, when us, when a customer has gone and done work in the Power Platform, is if we're conforming to that low code men- kind of mentality as such, then not all the time, because we never know what changes with Microsoft, but they're gonna continue to keep working most of the time as Microsoft go through its upgrades, etc. So that's where, um, at this moment in time, building CRM, building power platform components and solutions as such, if we're building it using the toolkits available, we can, the, the managed service element at this moment in time for SMB industry, the customers that we've got, is relatively light in terms of, there's not this, oh, not another update, oh, not another update. Actually, it goes through relatively simply. Okay. Uh, it sounds to me like we need to do another podcast on, on licensing anyway in terms of you know what power platform costs compared to maybe what you're having to buy on a, on, on a, a Dynamics 365 license. And also I know, and I think this is worthwhile mentioning, if you've got both products as in Business Central and we'll call it CRM, you can have an attached license, which means one of those is, is going to be cheaper. Again, if you're working with a partner, one partner over here that does BC, one partner over here that does CRM, they might both be selling you separate licenses yeah. and not under, making you aware you could maybe have a very, very considerable saving on that. Agreed, agreed. And I think that's a, a valid point. Marks have to try to align, make it more cost-effective for people to or customers to take more of the stack yeah. or the ecosystem, as they call it, from that that's point. And, yeah, you'll get the best advice, realistically, if you hear it from... A single source. So, if we were writing uh, something in a power with with a power platform, you mentioned Power Automate. We know there's other other products and apps within that suite of products. If if Techman wrote something for the customer, who who owns that? Who owns that IP, so to speak? Is it classed as IP or is it classed as a development? I think from from our point of view, um, if you run it, write it in a in a managed state, I guess is that. A partner can probably find it easier to. What do you mean by own, a managed state? A, a managed state means you're creating something that's that's essentially hard to change. You're you've locked it down. You to an extent you've locked that solution, that functionality that you've built to an extent down. You can go and change it, but you can only change certain parts of it. You can't go and delete certain fields out of it once it's started to have data in it. That kind of concept unmanaged is a I can go build something and then realise it doesn't quite work and then go change it the idea is I think in a IP kind of way in power platform and CRM I would see personally that partners would be writing kind of managed kind of solutions would you agree from from that perspective yeah Um, now and therefore they're trying to protect what they're selling and probably got a better way of saying, well, I can charge you a, a monthly fee for the functionality or the solution that I've just wrote. Um, 
and then I can help you maintain that. So Whereas, when the next update comes out, if something had changed that impacts what you've written, they're going to cover a fix potentially for yeah, you. Yeah, whether if it's completely unmanaged, we, customer, can go in and change pretty much at any time and do what they want. It's, it's kind of free game. So then it becomes, I'd probably say, more of a framework that you start with and then you evolve out from because what you think you want in day one may not be what you want in month six as such. I think from our point of view, we do more framework-based solutions than we do proper apps or solutions that we charge a monthly fee for. Now, I'm not saying that is right or wrong um, because there will be other partners out there that will sell this functionality for this um, monthly fee um, and that's what you get and we'll maintain it but if we take samples or if we take account management and probably account management I'll let you say how customers can vary on that we have a framework with a set of functionality and features to it but not everybody wants all those features and not everybody wants to work exactly that same way and what you use in day one where you want to evolve it in month six that framework becomes easier to evolve than something that's a bit more set in stone. So from our point of view, we're looking to create something repeatable, but also giving the flexibility to the customer that you, you can customize still, it a little you can, bit. You can, still, you can still evolve. And we're not, by the way, we're not um, washing our hands of the, oh, well, if it's a framework and you evolve it, that's not my problem when Microsoft give you an update. That's not the point. Um, we will still support it. We'll still we'll still help you with it. We'll still make sure that we're making it compatible as, as things go on. But we're giving the customer the flexibility that as their business evolves, their solution can properly evolve with, evolve with them as well. So I think, Kate Major, what's give us some examples where our framework you can pick and choose components that you want want from it from a customer. Like, for example, you've had a couple of projects where they don't want the whole. A whole lot as such. Yeah. So I mean, the the, the 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 framework itself contains about the full framework contains about six different components. And absolutely, we have customers who take them all. They want to use every single bit, and we use it ourselves internally. Yeah. Um, but there's one project I'm working on at the moment. They say it's not going to be. That's not going to be necessary. We won't need that one. So from those six components, we're just using the two. And the beauty of the framework is that it's been designed in a such a way that if somebody doesn't want to use these particular components, yeah, they don't have to. So we can just turn off the flows that interact with it, remove the, the links from the sitemap, and all of a sudden those components are, are just no longer in use. Yeah. Um, it's, it, it is that, ho that whole idea that it is a, it, I guess you call it a head start. Yeah. So we've written it before, we've written all the flows, we've written all the processes, all the code, all the rules that sort of allow this to work. And it means that when a customer has these requirements, which 80% you know, of them are gonna be fairly generic across, across the board, we can put this component in and they're not paying for us to, write all these tables and it's add all the processes and we've already got something that is working and tested that we can then put in and then just just tweak based on what they on what their specific requirements are. So we've got are. some stuff that's a bit more productized that we can have repeatable solutions that we can push and then you know, do the last 20% perhaps for that customer. Yeah. Uh, are you saying that we own the IP on that more than if somebody paid to have some custom development and the framework and then not that that's their problem, but they, they've got responsibility for it more than we would. I, I think in in the one, if the customer 
pays us for our time to deliver a solution that's going to have 20% customization, changing, tailoring, whatever one phrase you want to use on it. I think it's hard for any partner to say that they own the IP um, for because essentially you're taking that framework and building into that framework. So you can't just say, well, you're not paying us anymore. You're not a partner. You're not with us anymore. So we're taking our bit out and leaving you that. That's not going to work. And it's not going to stop the customer from going in and changing it anyway. The reality is from our view is the customer pays for it. The customer owns the IP. <laughs> they're, we're not, they're not paying for a, a product as such. Um, if they are paying for a, a product that was committed to and they pay a monthly fee for and a monthly support fee for, then um, yes, I would say Techman own the IP. But because with this Head Start concept, you're, you're paying a, an amount that is cheaper as a one-off, um, that would be cheaper than the amount of days it would take to put it together, and then you're, and then you're just tailoring it accordingly. So customer really own, owns it as such. And in good faith, can we can, can a customer go and change it? If another partner sees it, can they go rip it off? In principle, they could, but I think from our point of view, it's a relatively competitive industry anyway. So I think we're showing that our, the trust and confidence in our, our, our long-term relationship more than anything with our customers more than that. Okay, good. Um, but it's always worth the customer just checking yeah. what they are signing up for. With yeah. their, if they're working with someone, they know what happens if they do decide to, to move on. Okay, so with the bigger projects, uh, and maybe if we're, we're moving someone from a, a, a different CRM system, they're coming out to Dynamics, uh, uh, do we have... Uh, I, don't, I doubt there's a black and white answer here, but is, is Big Bang an option or we've, we want to phase the deployment or does it depend on the customer? Depends on the customer. And the solution. And, the, uh, uh, and, and what they, I think what they're coming from, I think, is the important factor. If they're wanting to, I need to be off this solution or I want to be off this solution, Big Bang is more common um, I know this, this comes up in sales conversations, so we sit there and that, we get asked. And, and sometimes there can be like a hard deadline where if they haven't got off that, pro, uh, that product by such and such a date, they've got to renew for another 12 months. And sales, so- Salesforce is exactly one that we've had this year, yeah. is that we got given a problem, a challenge. The business is taking Business Central. It would make sense that they moved to Dynamics. They, they hadn't had a, a good experience with Salesforce for whatever reason. Um, and they wanted to move their customer service solution for all their brands um, into Dynamics. But their challenge was Salesforce um, says your annual renewal is due on some date in April time. And they said, well, our window of opportunity um, is essentially to get off Salesforce by that date and then that's no problem at all, we'll move. But we need to be committed because we don't because they were committing again for another twelve months and they're sitting there going, Well, I don't want to be too, paying too lots of license fees. That's probably one of the big considerations moving from a different CRM, whether it's HubSpot, whether it's Salesforce, usually it's a it's a year's commitment. Um a bit like CRM and dynamics these days with NCE pricing, you're you're typically committing for, for the year. Yeah. Um so your points to change have that down. So that probably forces a more of the, I need to have everything that I had there, here, and better and put the capsule problems, whatever I had. 
But otherwise, I think if they're coming from a mixture of solutions, it's on Outlook, it's on Excel, they don't really have a formal CRM system today, which unsurprisingly, there's there's still a lot of businesses out there that don't really have a CRM system, which surprises me, but considering it's so important, but when you're when you're leading a project, John, and you're trying to look at uh, what their requirements are, what are you trying to do? Are you trying to ha- try and how you can get everything all in together to go live to try and get a big return on investment straight away, or are you trying to break it down into phases? I would normally try and break it down into phases simply because it removes the uncertainty or it minimizes the uncertainty. Now, the vast majority of products, you cannot help it. There is going to be a big bang moment. If there's one system that's in place and all of a sudden you've got to turn that off and move over to dynamics, you, you, you need to have a big bang. There are circumstances, you've said, where people are using a combination of Excel, Outlook, um, manual systems, paper-based systems, yep. in which case you can turn CRM on and you can maybe have a limited number of users start to get data in. And then it can be a slow, steady migration. But the vast majority of products will involve at some point a big bang moment. You Traditionally, I like to keep it to just one. So that you, you do that big move and then everything else is just building on top of something existing. Yeah. So we know that this works. Let's add the next few bits. Mm-hmm. Because until you actually go live and actually start using live data, you're never 100% certain. Um, I mean, I did a deployment for a customer yesterday where we tested it to death. But when we actually put it on the live system, we started getting some permission errors. Admittedly, not particularly difficult to solve, but you want to try and minimise those those levels that something is not working when someone's actually trying to, to, to work on the system. And it's that resistance, isn't it, um, to an extent. An ERP system such as Business Central, you've got, kind of got no choice but to use it. It needs to raise an order, it needs to send an invoice, otherwise you don't get paid. Well, CRM should be, I've said it before, should be just as important because unless you manage that relationship, you're never going to get an order in the first place, or you don't do a very good job of the relationship, you're never going to raise an invoice again to them. Mm. But the concept is, is that people find it permission errors or that psychological thing, if you start to see issues with a CRM, it's probably one of those tools where someone can go, oh, I'll just stop using it. Oh, I'll just go back to Excel, or I'll just walk around and tell somebody, or send a note to somebody on Teams, etc. And I can I can deal with it from that perspective. So. I think that phased approach, um, especially as you're trying to grow into the solution, um, helps with adoption, but also helps customers start to learn. And if I'm honest, drive, I now want more out of it, opposed to I've now been given all this and I don't really know, it's a bit overwhelming of yeah. where do I start. Yeah. And from a, from a software partner, uh, like ourselves, a dynamics partner, we... We've moved away from those days we would sell tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of pounds worth of software and we would have our, our margin on day one. We'd sell that and bang, whatever margin Microsoft were giving us was in the bank. Yeah. As we've moved to this subscription world where we're making often pence per user per month on a, on yeah. a license, yeah. we, you know, to have that relationship with the customer, I think this is really beneficial for the customer. We need to add value over the next five years yeah. for them to get the software. So you know, we we get our return on, on what we're doing as well because we're not we're not making that on on day one. Yeah. And so when you talk about that, that actually having a phased approach, having a more sensible approach rather than trying to, for us to get onto our next sale, so to speak, and get onto our next project, we're actually working longer now with the customers, and that product continues to evolve, and we're continuing to add, I hope, more value, more yeah. services that they see benefit from 
they're going to get more out of this offer as well. And hopefully we'll, we'll lose that element where you say, well, you need ERP because you can't raise an order, you can't raise an invoice. And CRM is also going that way where it becomes integral to the processes within that business. I, I, if I'm honest, I think CRM has always been that integral and ever since CRM software first existed. It's just that how do partners like us drive the benefits and show the true value of what it would mean to a customer. The concept of losing a customer is, is costs um, you more in the long term because keeping a customer happy, keeping them buying with you is far more cost effective, um, cheaper cost of sale than keep finding new customers all the time um, as, a, as a general train of thought. But if you can't manage that relationship to keep those customers, there's no point in bringing lots of new ones in when you're consistently losing them out, out, yeah. out the back door. And I think from our point of view, managing that relationship in a central place that has feeds from your ERP, has feeds from other systems that tells you about that relationship is important. And I think from, from our point of view, and I think even years ago, Techman were possibly guilty of it. I used to work in a different role. I used to work for you um, directly in sales. Um, and did we at Techman, six, seven, eight years ago, really sell the true value of, of CRM in terms of what it should mean to a business? Personally, if I talk from personal experiences, opposed to the rest of the team, I'm not sure I properly did. It was a, you want a CRM system, major opportunities and your leads. Yeah, no problem at all, you can do that. Yeah. It, it, CRM needs to be so much more than, than, than that. And I think that's where a partner really needs to get it and really know how to embed it inside of your business process as a, as a customer. And that's where, again, like on ERP, on CRM, we are business process consultants using the right tool, not CRM consultants that just go, yeah, of course we can make it do something. Yeah. And a business, business process has to, we have to understand how that business works so much so in, in CRM and Power Platform. Well, we've always said, haven't we, for, for many years now that it's not digital transformation. We prefer to call it business transformation. Yes, the digital side, of course, is massive yeah. uh, and how that the, the technology can help, but it is a business transformation. And if we don't understand those processes, we can never you know, put put them into a, into a better better place, better shape, or you know, all the new features that come in every, every few months with the products, how, how you can utilize those if we don't understand yeah. the business place. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think that brings us to uh, a conclusion. Unless anybody else got anything else to add, but if uh, I think just to summarise what we've done, I think looking for a partner, there are some key things you need to you need to look at um, in terms of you know their expertise, their knowledge, uh, yeah. and, and their credibility, uh, and also you know the, the, the services post sale. As we try to say, what what are they going to do to to maintain that, to keep that heartbeat of the products going within within the customer's business, so they continue to see the benefits? Because you know, Microsoft's pace they're going. I don't think if, if you haven't got dedicated teams, I don't know how you you stay up to date with all the stuff Microsoft are throwing out at the moment. And the customers paying for this, aren't they? You know, they're yeah. paying for it on their subscription. So at least be be aware of it, evaluate it, because you know a lot of this you're, you're getting as part of your subscription. So choose what's going to be beneficial. Uh, agreed, and I think. For us, we, we do blogs. John and the rest of the team do the blogs to keep you informed of what's new. Um, obviously, customer days that we do try and cover updates. And and whilst this is out to everybody, these podcasts are designed also to inform you not just of 
things like what partner to choose, but also technically what the solution is, what the new features are, um, and, and how to take best advantage of them. So we're trying to drive our knowledge to be as good as it can be. Um, you're never gonna know everything about every solution as much as we'd like to, um, but we we try our best to, to keep on the pulses as much as we can. Well, I guess with that, it won't be long before we get the wave two for 2022 release notes coming in right. August or September. So we'll be on another podcast talking about what's new in the product uh, for, for the end of this year, I'm sure, really soon. Okay, Jace, John, thanks for uh, for being with us on today's episode. Really appreciate it. And uh, thank you for, for watching or listening to Techman Talks Dynamics. And I hope you'll join us for a future episode very, very soon. Thank you very much. Thank you.